I experienced a lot of loss before I was an adult. I lost all four grandparents uh, before I turned 21. Uh, Both of my grandmothers actually passed within a year of each other when I was only in middle school. No one else I knew had lost a grandparent or a friend. And I lived in a small town, so somehow this news circulated very quickly. And I remember a girl telling me that she was sorry about my grandma, and I did not know how to respond. I was in deep grief over a woman that I cherished, even though I knew she was in heaven. I still wanted her to be with me on earth. I remember laughing to prevent tears from falling and saying, it's okay, she's in heaven. Two truths and a bit of a lie. (laughs) My grandmother was okay, she was in heaven, but I wasn't okay, and that was okay. Sorry if that's confusing, but I want you to really hear that it's okay not to be okay. Cry when you need to, just let it out. Researchers at Harvard Health have established that crying releases oxytocin and endogenous opioids, also known as endorphins. These feel-good chemicals help ease both physical and emotional pain. This doesn't mean that crying over your loss is going to magically take all that pain away. However, allowing your body and your heart to release the tears and emotion will help you to heal. Jesus wept. That's John 11:35, and it's famously known as the shortest scripture in the Bible. It's easy to remember. It's easy to recite when prompted, but it's so much more than those two words can describe. In this moment, we see a part of Jesus' character we often forget. We see that he was both fully man and fully God. He expresses emotion at the passing of his friend, Lazarus. To give you some context, the chapter of John lays out the story of Jesus hearing that his friend Lazarus is not well, but he stays away. And he even explains to his disciples in verse 4, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus already knew God's plan was for him to raise Lazarus from the dead. However, when he arrived in Judea and was standing before the tomb, he was overcome with emotion and wept real tears. I want you to really hear this from me. It is okay to cry. It's more than okay. Crying is good. That's not a popular opinion, and you might not agree with me, and that's okay. But if even Jesus weeped over the death of his friend, How much more should we mourn the loss of a loved one? A lot of theologians could expand more on this verse in a number of ways, but I want to focus in on Jesus' heart for his friend. Jesus is known as the man without sin. But what we often forget is that he wasn't just a stoic figure who never smiled, grew angry, or wept. He was human. A lot of people try to choke back their tears or swallow them down, pressing on rather than sinking into grief or sorrow. We fear the pain of sadness and the embarrassment of not having it all together all the time. Men especially get the raw deal in this because they're often told it's not appropriate for men to cry, that tears and emotion are weak and something only women do. That's changing a little bit in our world. However, even in Christian circles, we encourage one another to cheer up or that the person we love is now in heaven and they wouldn't want us to be unhappy. Grief is a pain, an ache, a sharp sword inside your chest that radiates out to your limbs. 
The waves of mourning are constant at first, giant swells crashing into you over and over again. As time passes, the waves slowly, very slowly, become a little smaller, and eventually the waves are farther apart, giving you a chance to breathe a little deeper. A few years ago, I lost a good friend who was like a third parent to me. Um, I still think about her and miss her almost every day. <laughs> um, I am only uh, chuckling a little bit because I am beginning to cry as I'm talking to you about this. And um, I'm not going to swallow it down, but I am going to stay um, a little bit more stoic so that I can continue speaking. She's been gone for a long time, but I still have the urge to call her <laughs> and ask if she wants to go see the new Barbie movie with me. Um, she's also the person I would go to when I had something going on in my life that I wanted to change or develop. And she had opinions about absolutely everything and never missed a chance to speak her mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in fact, she absolutely 100% never missed a chance to speak her mind. And <laughs> that could be hard sometimes, but she never allowed anybody else to affect how she felt or what she thought. And you see right there, I'm making a gentle joke about her that, and that little bit of joy in remembrance eases the sharp pain of missing her. I'm not with her right now, but I will be again. I have full confidence that she is spending eternity in heaven and that I am as well. My confidence in eternity and where I'm spending it isn't in what I have done or anything she did in her life. It's my relationship with Christ, believing he wasn't just a man, but fully God who lived and died on the earth to rise again three days later. In this same chapter of John, Jesus says to Martha, Lazarus's sister, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. I say all this because while we live here on earth, it's okay to mourn the loss of someone. Jesus knew all about God's plan for him to bring Lazarus back to life. But in those moments right before he did, Jesus wept. He allowed sadness to overflow. And I believe we can learn a lot from him in this moment. I'm not just going to tell you it's okay to cry. I'm going to encourage you to do it. When I was growing up, and even now, I would be described as a bleeding heart. I cry easily and often, but I can tell you that the release of that emotion brings healing and comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That verse in Matthew 5 stands strong in nearly 50 translations of the Bible. I looked it up. The words are almost completely identical, no matter what translation you're using. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So this past week has been very full. I know of three different people who are experiencing the loss of a loved one, or who are about to lose a loved one. I am a Pilates instructor, and this week I had a client who revealed to me that she had just lost her husband of 48 years. In that moment, 
I felt God prompting me to embrace her, so I did. I held her until she was ready to let go. My best friend is losing her father very soon, and when she arrives in town, I will hug her often and as long as she needs. Because when I feel pain and loss, that's what I need. God created me with a bleeding heart that is almost too big for my own chest. He placed these people around me, and all I can do, and all I should do, is reach out and be his vessel to provide his love to those around me. I talk a lot about how God is always with us. That can be really hard to understand, especially when we're in pain. And it can be even more difficult to feel God's love in our lives and to know he is embracing us with his arms. I don't always know what to say, but that's the thing. Oftentimes, it's better to keep quiet and just be with them. The following day, I did see this client again, and she asked me if I believed in angels, and I said yes. She then told me how a cardinal has visited her every morning since her husband's passing. I started to cry a little, and so did she, and we both agreed that God is using his creation to bring her hope and comfort. If you're experiencing sadness or grief today, feel free to leave a prayer request in the comments. I know that can feel really scary and leave us feeling exposed, but as a community of believers, we are instructed by scripture to pray for one another. And if you know someone who's going through the loss of a loved one, or maybe just a really hard time in general, don't wait for them to call out to you. Our culture has slowly faded into polite distance, and that leads pretty much everyone to feel alone and forgotten. Instead, reach out and embrace them, even if you don't know what to say or do. I will often ask God in my mind this simple request. God, speak through me and show them your love through me. I will even ask God to be my words and be slow to speak and quick to listen. There is a moment in one of the greatest movies of all time, Princess Bride. <laughs> um, Inigo and Fezzik are looking for the man in black, Wesley. And Inigo holds out his sword and asks his father to guide his sword. He slowly spins around and the sword points at a tree. In defeat, thinking his father has abandoned him, Inigo drops his head against the trunk and happens to hit the exact knot that opens the hidden door to the pit of despair, <laughs> leading them straight to Wesley. So when we ask God to guide our path, our words, our actions, it might not look exactly like what we expect. However, when we ask him to guide us, he then leads us down the path of righteousness. Call out to God and ask for whatever it is you need today, even if all you need is a hug from a friend. Remember to be kind to others and gentle with yourself, for we are all a work in progress. I hope you have a comforting day.